It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders? So I want to see an interception. I want to see some sacks. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he sacks! Deshaun Bauer had him around the waist. And the Raiders defense holds on fourth down. And then your boy JT got it right. JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's Big Boy Radio. That is the best atmosphere in a preseason game that I've ever been a part of. And that's easy to say that, clearly. Get your ass out here and get ready. Here we go. And now, here's JT the Brick. JT, back for hour number two, brought to you by our great friends at Remy Martin. My buddy Tori and I watched the game together at the Raiders Tavern and Grill in the Remy Martin room outside in the chill zone. Thanks to Remy Martin being a proud partner of our show. Home of the Botanist Gin, the cool, refreshing gin that's taken over Vegas. Botanist Gin, part of Remy Martin, team up for excellence. we got a couple of guests coming up here, including Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk. We'll get to him in a minute. Raider Dave in Denver. Thanks for holding over the top. What do you got, Dave? Go ahead. Hey, thank you very much. I think it comes down to coaching. I did not see, and you can disagree with me if you want, but I didn't see one screen pass. I didn't see one planned roll out of the pocket. I didn't see uh, Jacobs, you know, making effective blocks in the backfield. Two of those sacks were on him with people either going over him or whiffing completely. And I didn't see any 20, 21, or 22 sets where you've got these Pro Bowl defensive ends that are wreaking havoc. And there's no uh, coaching adjustment to go ahead and get them extra help. I think the three and a half minutes to go and two timeouts, that game could have been the Raiders easily enough, but those adjustments weren't there. I don't, I don't get it, JT. I think that they're going to have to go ahead and make some real changes about how they're going to go ahead and script some of these mm-hmm. drives to get more creative. They weren't that creative in the red zone. And I really thought that the play calling was going to be a lot better starting with this game than I've seen in the past. And I just don't know where it's going to go to from here, but it's got to change. Yeah, I think you're right about that, Dave. And I know you called me last night, too. Appreciate the call. Thank you. You know, you're leaving guys in to block. They're not going to be running routes. So you can get creative with Devontae. Devontae can get creative on his own. You've got to get creative with Hunter. Hunter needs space to make those unbelievable moves. And Darren Waller, I thought, was open throughout the game. And Derek hit him a couple of times and missed him. On a big play there. What do you mean by more creative? We talked about a reverse play and a trick play that didn't work. That was creative. And they were trailing 17-3. to I was surprised they didn't do a better job with the pass rush. Max did his great job as always trying to get there, and he came up a little bit short. I don't think Chandler Jones had an impact on the game the way I expected it. Gangster Raider called the shot, I think, 42-17, which was okay. He came up short. What would you think? Man, boy, was I wrong. You know what I mean? But I was there. It was a great atmosphere. It was a Raider crowd. Um, I was in I was in a section. It was mostly Raiders, but I had a Charger fan next to a Raider buddy of mine, and he was trying to talk mess back and forth. But it was a great atmosphere. We should have won the game despite the three interceptions or whatever. But like the caller said before, I was I was expecting a lot of screens, a few rollouts, you know, something to counteract the um, pressure that they were getting, you know, so to, to make Mac and um, Bosa – irrelevant or make them null and void, you know what I mean? But we didn't see that. And also, I was expecting um, more running, and especially in the first half. I thought in the first half we was going to hit them with the running game, make them stack the box, then in the second half start hitting them over the top. But none of that panned out. And I was thoroughly disappointed, thoroughly surprised. 
And, you know, like I told you, I had bet 100 bucks on Derek Carr to win MVP when I was 40 to 1. I could forget about that after that performance, you know what I mean? But, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Aaron Rodgers had the worst performance of his life week one last week, the worst. And he won the MVP kind of easily. So, you know, one game's not going to win or lose the MVP. But normally, as you know, Derek doesn't throw three interceptions in a game. Exactly. That's rare for him. You know what I mean? And the atmosphere, we, it was there. We, it was our house. You know, everything was perfect. The whole weekend was perfect. All we needed was the win. And I took my girl to her first Raider game. She loved it, but we needed that win. You know what I mean? Yep. And we took over like we always do. It was a black house in uh, in our vacation home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I was wrong about the forty two seventeen JT. But you know I wasn't gonna duck it hot. I was gonna no. call it own up to it. You know what I mean? And my undefeated um mm-hmm. season two. That's out the window too. You know what I yeah. mean? So okay, well, keep calling your shot, man. We appreciate your calls. Keep calling your shot. Thank you. And again, I screw up five times a day before breakfast. I don't get paid to be right. I get paid to have strong opinions. They're not all going to be right. I didn't choose a business. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a government accountant like my dad. <laughs> you know, I, I don't have to get everything right here. Okay? And I don't gamble, so it's not my money. I just like to have strong opinions and tell you what I think about things, and you can agree and disagree. Miles Simmons kind enough to join us. He writes for Pro Football Talk. He does a great job. Miles, walk me through the Dak Prescott injury when it happened real time. I was on the air last night when he went to the locker room. Didn't think it was a big deal. Now it's six to eight weeks, and they really don't have a backup quarterback. What happens here to the Cowboys? Yeah, it's not a good situation for them. And, you know, honestly, I feel for Dak Prescott, too, man. You know, and sometimes I tend to think that we might forget these dudes are human beings. They're like, man, he went through something so tough just a couple of years ago with the ankle, and now to have this, and it really is going to disrupt everything that is the Cowboys' 2022 season. I mean, we know it. You know, unless you are the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles, if you lose your starting quarterback, you're not going to have a very good time, especially when it happens this early in the season. So, I mean, it looks like right now, this is going to be Cooper Rush's team, at least for the foreseeable future, six to eight weeks. That doesn't really excite me, JT. I don't know about you. I don't really know what better option there is for the Dallas Cowboys right now. I think the Niners get a pass because the weather was so extreme. They, it, they played it in a downpour. Anybody could have lost. Anybody can win in that atmosphere. Justin Fields made plays, Trey Lance didn't, but I cannot evaluate Trey Lance in those conditions. I just can't do it here, but this is what Kyle Shanahan wanted. He wanted to give up three first-round picks. He wanted to have Jimmy Garoppolo or not have him and trade him for something big. It didn't work out, and Garoppolo's sitting there now on an 0-1 team, and Lance, unfortunately for the Niners, the Rams lost, Seattle doesn't look very good here, and Arizona got destroyed by Kansas City, but what do you think of the Niners in their performance losing in Chicago? Well, I think, the, like you said, it's so hard to evaluate anything uh, that Trey Lance did or didn't do because of the field conditions. And, like, even before the game started, it looked more like a slip and slide than it did an NFL field, right? And then, you know, it kept raining pretty much the whole time in that game. And so that makes it really tough. And also, the 49ers lost Elijah Mitchell to a knee injury, and that's a pretty significant thing. Like, he was – a really big part of their offense, has some good carries early on in that contest before he had to leave. So I, I think it's one of those results. You know, JT, like every time we get to like week seven, week eight, 
you start looking back at week one and you're like, how in the world did that happen? Mm. I feel like that's going to be one of those results with the 49ers and the Bears where it's like, that's just one of those strange, wonky things that happens in week one. And we're going to figure out who the 49ers are for real over the course of the next few weeks. They play Seattle next week at home. That's going to be a big one for them. Miles Simmons, our guest, Pro Football Talk. You know, I'm looking at the highlights again. Aaron Rodgers shaking his head, a drop bomb. A guy's not running the right route. Look, Devontae Adams left. I'll get to him with the Raiders and their loss to the Chargers. But, you know, Kirk Cousins made some conservative throws to wide open guys. There were breakdowns on Green Bay's defense. And Aaron Rodgers truly looked frustrated, but he looked frustrated after week one last year, where he also had his worst performance of the year. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things now where it's kind of like, Matt LaFleur, why isn't your team ready in week one? Especially because he's so good over the course of the rest of the season, right? We're talking about a coach that's put together plans for his guy, Aaron Rodgers, to win back-to-back MVPs. And sometimes I don't think Matt LaFleur gets enough credit for the job that he has done in Green Bay over the last few years. right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers obviously makes everything look better, but it's not like Mike McCarthy was there, you know, wasn't there, and Mike McCarthy didn't get fired. So I, I don't really understand why it is that uh, the Packers just don't seem to come out very strong early in the season the last couple of years. But I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, that happened, but let's see what happens over the next few weeks. I think there is reason to be concerned, certainly, about the receiving core of the Green Bay Packers because it's so young, it's so inexperienced. But when they get Lazard back, that's going to make them better for sure. And I think those young dudes will, at least they better, because they, they better get right. And I think that they will, because if they don't, then Aaron Rodgers is just not going to throw the ball to them, and then they're really going to have problems. Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk. What a shame for Detroit. They're on hard knocks. We get to know their coaches, how emotional they are. And every hard knocks, they say, we're grit, we're grit. We got to end these games. We got to win these games instead of finding a way to lose. And they score 14 in the final quarter. They slow Philly down and they still lose. I mean, same old Lions at times, but they showed a lot of fight in that loss at home, a game they could have stole late. Yeah, I mean, I respect them for the fight. And it's honestly a continuation of the attitude that they showed last year under Dan Campbell. They're not going to lay down. They're not just going to roll over. The only time they really kind of did that last year was in that 44-6 to loss that they had to the Philadelphia Eagles midseason. So this does not shock me. I mean, I think that the Lions are going to be better than they were last year. Do I think that they're going to be playoff good? I don't know, especially after what we saw in Minnesota yesterday. Like I, I still think Green Bay is going to win that division, but it certainly looked like Minnesota is going to be good enough to take one of those wild card spots. And if that's the case, that makes it tougher for everybody behind them in the division to get one too. Uh, Joe Burrow and Derek Carr struggle. Burrow was an interception machine with four. Carr had three. And there were some easy throws that they missed. This wasn't like cheap in, you know, deflections and bizarre plays. I mean, Burrow had the appendectomy. I get that. He missed some time. Carr didn't play in the preseason. Evaluate those two quarterbacks in games they both should have won. As a matter of fact, Cincinnati should have won. Burrow got him yeah. down there to score. They missed the extra point. And Carr had the ball late with an opportunity to come from behind and win the game. Yeah, I think it says a lot about Cincinnati, to start with them, that they were even in the game to begin with. Anytime your quarterback has five turnovers, you're usually going to lose, 
and you're usually going to lose big. So the fact that Cincinnati was able to stay in it, that kind of tells me that Cincinnati's going to be all right over the course of the season. They know what it is that they're doing. But when you look at the pressure that was generated on Joe Burrow, I think part of that has to do with the fact that the Steelers' defensive unit has a ton of continuity, and they played a little bit in the preseason. Mike Tomlin always has those guys ready to play week one, especially defensively. And you can look just last year what they did to the Buffalo Bills to open the season, if you want another example of that. But, you know, when you allow seven sacks on Joe Burrow, and that's one of the biggest reasons why you didn't win the Super Bowl last year was the pressure that was generated on him, that's that's a concern. And, you know, they didn't get the playing time. They don't have the continuity and all that. But you spent a lot of money, if you're Cincinnati, on trying to get that offensive front fixed. You better make sure over the next few weeks that it actually is. When it comes to Derek Carr, I mean, it was kind of similar problems. I mean, you had Khalil Mack, his old buddy, come after him. He gets three sacks. You know, they were really, really pressuring Derek Carr. And Derek Carr even said after the game, though, that he was being too aggressive. And I thought that, too, on those interceptions that he had. I mean, the first one where he was going to Waller, just didn't really see the linebacker drifting back there. And, you know, those things sometimes happen. But... And when you're talking about the Devontae Adams one on that deep ball, he just didn't get the ball there. I mean, Devontae Adams had a step. That ball's thrown a little bit farther. Maybe, you know, it's a touchdown, and we're having a completely different discussion about Tarek Carr today. And that other one that he had to run for, I mean, he was just trying to force the ball in there, and that just wasn't a good enough decision. So I think between the pressure and the aggression and the decision-making, that's kind of where things might have gotten messed up for Carr and the Raiders' offense. But those things, I think, are correctable going forward. Miles Simmons, uh, two more. The Giants, you know, they steal a game from the jaws of defeat. Tennessee misses kind of a chip-shot field goal, but the Giants went for two. And Saquon Barkley played great. He had the legs of a young player there who rehabbed and is now healthy again. I didn't see a lot of the game with Daniel Jones. I don't know how well he played, but... Hey, they made good decisions, and I think the coach had a big difference in the outcome of that game. Oh, for sure. And you know what? I like the way Brian Dayball did it because if you're a first-year head coach, you're in your first game, you're on the road against a team that was the one seed in the AFC last year. What, what exactly do you have to lose? You know, show some confidence in your guys. And, I, you know, I was reading today uh, mm-hmm. Peter King's Football Morning in America, and at the middle of that drive, apparently – he was uh, Brian Dayball going up to his defensive guys, and he's saying, hey, man, what do, how do you feel about what's going for two if we get this thing in? And they were all like, hell yeah, let's do it. So he tells offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, hey, man, get that best two-point play ready, and that's what they do when they execute it. And when you do that, it puts pressure on the home team to get down the field, to score, to make sure that they actually win the game because – Look, I mean, like they, they need to win it, right? You can't just settle and say, oh, no, well, well, if we miss this, we're going into overtime. And that sometimes that pressure, it really can affect people. So when that field goal gets missed, you know, now you have a win instead of going into OT. And I, like I said, I, I love the way Brian Dayball handled it. And I think, you know, maybe the Giants are a team out of the NFC East that we end up talking about later on this year. Dayball's a good coach. Last one, did Lamar Jackson win win week one without that contract? Because the market should go up with Justin Herbert, him available. But 
there is a risk factor there if he gets injured, and I hope he doesn't there, but he was smiling in that press conference when he threw that no-look pass, and he felt pretty good about that easy win against the Jets. He should feel good, and I agree with you, JT. I hope he doesn't get hurt. You know, mm-hmm. I, that's the last thing I want to see. I think it's the last thing anybody, if you're an NFL mm-hmm. fan, should want to see. Um, but it's certainly a risk. Whenever mm-hmm. you're betting on yourself, you know, there's a possibility that you could lose that bet. And this was a much better outing for Lamar Jackson than the outings we saw toward the end of what was his season last year. He, he obviously, you know, missed time um, with the injury late in the mm-hmm. season. But the last few times we saw Lamar Jackson on the field, he did not look very good. Mm-hmm. This looked more like the Lamar Jackson that we are used to seeing, who is one of those top-tier quarterbacks in the NFL. Thank you. I appreciate always talking to you every few weeks. Thanks a lot for doing this, Miles. Absolutely, JT. Take care. Miles Simmons, kind enough to join us from Pro Football Talk. As we go around the league, it's not just going to be the Raiders after a loss. We'll get everybody in on the Raiders' loss or win. But also going around the league, week one, we got Monday Night Football tonight where Denver should win. And that would be every team in the AFC West 1-0 and and the Raiders 0-1. So I think a lot of Raider fans are going to be rooting for Seattle tonight, including Harry Ruiz, our good friend, who's on this morning with Clay. I heard him with Pritch, and he'll be rooting against, I would assume, Denver tonight. How are you, Harry? It feels weird, JT, of me thinking, I hope Drew Locke does really well with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> but it is what it is, and hopefully – uh, we see the Seahawks have a lot of grit out there on the field. Yeah, it's it's actually Geno Smith, which makes it even worse with that. So we'll see I what mean, they pick yeah, your we'll, poison, right? Yeah, pick your poison there. So I heard you this morning. What was the fan reaction as you were on the morning tailgate, especially to Derek Carr, who had a subpar game? That's not typical. Derek Carr, three interceptions on three bad throws. How'd you see it? You know what? On the phone lines, folks were very positive. And mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, very positive. I wasn't expecting that. And I was like, hey, you know what? That's how I feel. I'm always a glass-half-full kind of guy. And I was like, if this is the worst version of the Raiders that we're going to see, and you only lose to a team that a lot of folks are coining as a Super Bowl contender, and you only lose by four against them on a three-turnover kind of day, then that's good. But on social media, folks are being completely negative. So it's a... A coin toss, depending on where you see the reactions from the fans. But it's one game out of 17, JT. It was the first game ever for Derek Carr with all his new toys out on the field and with his new head coach mm-hmm. and the new system. So I think there's a lot of room for improvement on with for this team right now. You know, the offensive line, we did this. You were calling the games in the preseason uh, on the Spanish broadcast. You knew this could be a problem. How big of a problem was it week one? I mean, six sacks tells you that apparently it's a big deal for the Raider Nation right now. And then you talk about Andre James leaving the stadium in an ambulance uh, because of a concussion, and that turns on the alerts. The alerts are right now for the Raiders right there. So you got to keep that under consideration. What's going to happen this next game? JT, in my opinion, you should have five guys and give them continuity to be able to gel together. If you're rotating in and out, I don't think they'll be able to do so. But that's what the new coaching staff wanted to do in the home o- in the season opener out there in Los Angeles. That felt like a home opener, but it wasn't a home opener. And uh, the the Raiders definitely have to be worried about the offensive line and where it stands right now. I'm pretty sure the same way they already brought in a veteran cornerback today, they might be looking for an offensive line as uh, offensive lineman as well. Yeah, I think they're going to need depth at that position. Uh, let me ask you this about the defense, Patrick Graham, in the first half. 
I thought that coverage was a bit soft, the zone coverage there, and Herbert can pick apart a zone. I mean, you're almost like doing him a favor. But when Keenan Allen was in the game, I understand why you want to zone and bracket him. He was out of the game, and Williams didn't have an impact at all. I just thought the Raiders should have been more man-to-man with the receivers there. They're taking more chances in this game. How did you see the defense from the first half to where they improved dramatically in the second half and the fourth quarter of that game? It was unbelievable. I mean, in the first half, Justin Herbert torched them for 200 yards, and in the second half, he was only able to get 75 yards, and both the rushing defense and the passing defense improved so much that they were able to force three three three-and-outs in a four-series span for the Chargers, and that gave the ball back to the offense and gave the team an opportunity to be able to contend towards the end of the game. So, the offense definitely made some adjustments, and Patrick Graham was able to do so despite losing Trayvon Merrick, despite losing Anthony Averitt, despite mm-hmm. losing Denzel Perryman. So that yeah. shows you that what we've thought about since the Raiders got this new coaching staff and we saw the offseason movements. It's more about the scheme, about the system, instead about the players that they have on the field, the names that they have on the field. And uh, even a guy like Jonathan Abram, he didn't look torched like it mm-hmm. had passed, happened in the past. He did a better job yesterday, led the team in tackles, and despite not having any interceptions or any sacks, the defense actually did a, a good job against a team that has a high-powered offense in the Chargers. Yeah, Harry Ruiz, Latino voice of the Raiders as we wrap it up. Turner with an ankle, Billings not announced, Bolden hamstring, Perryman ankle, Merrick hip, Averett with the thumb surgery. They got banged up in that game. And they got an Arizona team coming in a little bit banged up, too. And there'll be no DeAndre Hopkins. J.J. Watt didn't play in the first game. Look, when it, Patrick Mahomes torched them. The good news for the Raiders is they don't have to play Kansas City at home or on the road. After that really close and tough loss here, they get a wounded Arizona team. Harriet Fields, I'll, I've never in my career, and I'm not going to start now using must-win week two or week three, but this is a big one here. It gets back to, It'll get them back to one-and-one one where – you know, we know the Chargers in Kansas City play each other. One of those teams will be one and one also. And the Raiders have to really play with the lead and play fast. They cannot have a slow start, three points at the half against Arizona. How do you see it? Of course, and JT, even going back to yesterday's game, the first offensive series that the Raiders have, they went all the way to the five-yard lines. They, they advanced 70 yards in that offensive drive, but they weren't able to get the points with the touchdown. And then after that, they went silent offensively all the way until the second half. Mm -hmm. You can't have that. You can't be stale on offense and not get points uh, only only in your first drive and then nothing else in the first half. you got to be consistent. And this offense has the pieces. Honestly, I was watching the game, and I didn't feel that there was a connection at first between anybody else besides Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. And maybe that was because they didn't have uh, playing time during the preseason. I was listening to your interview with Matt Millen. It's completely true. You didn't feel it on the field. And then in the second half, they flipped the switch, and they looked like a completely different team. Hopefully that now proves and during the game against Arizona that they're back where they want to be. And this game, I know you don't like saying must win, but mm-hmm. if you start a season 0-2, to get back into the winning ways, especially with the way the calendar is set up for the Raiders these five, first five weeks, they need this win, and they need it bad. I agree with you. It's a really important game. I, I expected it to be an important game. The Charger win would have been tough. They were an underdog for a reason. Raiders have to answer. They have to answer, and Derek has to have a big game. He's got to protect the ball in the pocket. He's got to get the ball out quicker. 
and make better throws. I think the decisions were fine. The decisions were fine on all the passes he threw that were intercepted. It was the throws that shocked me. He didn't make great throws. Harry, I'll talk to you. You Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's like it's a lose-lose situation for him. If he takes the risk, the fans are going to be talking about him because he took the risk and he got intercepted. If he throws the short passes, they're going to be like, why don't you throw the deep passes? So D.C. is in a no-win situation with some members of the Raider Nation. What I say is I want to see that stadium painted in silver and black on Sunday. I don't want to see any red and go short support for your team. It's a, it should be an exciting season, and it all starts this Sunday. Thanks, Harry. All the best. I'll see you this week. Gracias, JT. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the silver and black. So that's 26 minutes without a break from Miles Simmons to Harry Ruiz. When we come back, Mark Anderson, the great journalist here in town, covered everything from the Bishop Gorman win to UNLV's loss at Cal to the Aces. The Aces up in the WNBA Finals. And the Raiders, we'll talk to him before we get out of here at the top of the hour. Get in the rotation. I could get you here before the top. More reaction from the Raiders' loss in Los Angeles, 702-365-9200 as we continue. Brought to you by Resorts World. Carr claps his hands, now gets the ball. Back to pass again, fires towards the end zone, Adams... Reaches, grabs, diving grab for his first Raiders touchdown just inside the pylon. What a throw and catch. The Fresno connection works for the Raiders. And they're back within a score. 24-19 with 4.32 to go here in the fourth. That's Jason Horowitz on the call, one of our insiders here on Raider Nation Radio. JT back with you. Mark Anderson joins us from the Review Journal. Mark, before we get to the Raiders, good to talk to you again. You know, Bishop Gorman, where my sons went close to my heart here. If they would have beat Modern Day after this win against Hamilton here, what are we talking about? Could this have been a top three or four team in America? Mark, are you there? Hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Go ahead. Uh, okay, great. Yeah, you're, you'd be talking about a serious contender for the national championship. Yeah. They, they'd hold on there. And then they should have won that game. Um, twice had two touchdown leads and... Uh, you know, it's a shame for them because they've just been so dominant otherwise this season, and, and they, they really did outplay a modern day that game. And, yeah, if they win that game, yeah, I think top three, four at least. And, and yeah, they're, they're, they're in the conversation for a national championship. Isn't it incredible when you're, when you're a national power in high school football, you, you can't lose a game? And when you know, we, <laughs> yeah. we saw this with Gorman and when they were on their run there and they had those – national championship wins you have to be perfect even those overtime games you lose one you can't win the mythical national championship here and Gorman had that game and then they they come back and uh, and really play a well game against the Arizona team a really good game that kind of gets rid of a nasty loss in program history yeah I mean it's kind of like college football was for many years where sure. you, you was you was game in October that was it you know for you pretty much yeah just because there's so many teams out there you know and you um, you, yeah, there, there's going to be enough teams going undefeated, enough powers going undefeated that, I mean, there's a, there's a pathway to get there with one loss because it's happened, but it's, uh, it, it's really hard. Uh, what do we expect to see from the Aces here? Honestly, you know, the owner of the Raiders owns the team and we're pro Mark Davis here, but 
how difficult is this series supposed to be? And then everybody's talking about the scheduling going up against the Raider game. Uh, I don't talk about it a whole lot because I'm not affluent with the sport as much, but you are. What do you see here for the Aces? How difficult or easy should this be? Yeah, I'll talk to the scheduling first. I, I, I think someone from the league, maybe the commissioner, mm. gave kind of a snarky answer to that about, well, we didn't know that the Aces and the Raiders would be playing at the same time. Yeah, but you knew the NFL would be playing its first weekend game yeah. on Sunday. I mean, you, could, you, could have, you knew that a year out, so I thought that was pretty ridiculous. Uh, I, a lot of people think the Aces' true ch- uh, championship series came against Seattle, and maybe it did. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was a great series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would not con- count out Connecticut. They they play a really tough defense. I yeah, do physical. think the Aces are going to win. The Aces' defense is much better than it was early in the season. They got Derek Ahanby back. I, I really like the Aces' chances here. And they won a game yesterday playing Connecticut's style. So they can play that style and still win. But I do think Connecticut uh, poses some problems for them, and, and I, I certainly wouldn't overlook them. Mark Anderson joins us from the Review Journal. So, Mark, I look at Marcus Arroyo. He doesn't believe in moral victories. Most coaches don't at that level. But a nice performance at UNLV at Cal with an opportunity to win that game. What would you see in that game that's encouraging for Rebel football going forward? Yeah, I it's uh, I, I think that that's something from the build on. Uh, I, this is a better team. This is his best team. I, there, I, there's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they... They they trashed Idaho State. They had every chance to beat Cal in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to get better. Um, you look at the Mountain West. The Mountain West seems like it's way down this season. Mm-hmm. I think there's some games there that they can win. So um, North Texas, I think, is what they got next. That's you know we've, mm-hmm. we've seen them. Uh, th- that won't be an easy game, uh, but it's a winnable game. But yeah, I mean they they have a chance to put something together here. Um, I, I think there's some opportunities there in the, in, in the you know, in the Royal, I mean, this, he better take advantage of it because this, yeah. you know, this is a, he hasn't been in this situation since he's been here. Yeah, these games that he's supposed to win, he has to win, no doubt. And I think he will. Let's go to the Raiders and what you saw there with uh, Derek Carr's interceptions. I thought they were poor throws, not bad decisions. You know, you're throwing it to Renfro, Devontae Adams, and Waller. Those were the three interceptions, so I like him going to those guys. Just very uncharacteristic for Derek to make those mistakes under throwing and on the Renfro pass. He threw it to the other team, which was shocking to me, considering the chemistry he's had with Renfro last year. Yeah, and you, and you do have to wonder, lack of preseason, if that has anything to do with the combination of the new system, new staff. I um, mean, you saw that a little bit with Joe Burrow yesterday. Joe Burrow just, you know, really struggled in the first half against the Steelers and and didn't play in the preseason, then came back strong in the second half. I, I just I think that game's more of an anomaly. I think Derek Carr's be much better than that. We've we've seen him come through too many times in the past, uh, so I, I wouldn't read too much into that game. Uh, you know, he you know he'll he'll get more and more comfortable in the Josh McDaniel system, and and uh, I think I think and I think he'll do well. And it, it's just you know it's just every quarterback has one of those games, and I I, I think he'll he'll learn from it. Mark, uh, before we let you go, and we'll talk to you a week from Monday, what should the Raiders be concerned about with Arizona? Because Arizona's getting hammered nationally and by their local media. Kyler Murray and the contract and the stipulation that was in and taken out. Cliff Kingsbury was not kind to him in the post-game press conference. And we've seen Kansas City do to the Raiders exactly what they did to Arizona. I've seen Mahomes with five touchdowns just annihilate the Raiders, and he did that in the first game on the road at Arizona. Arizona was the first team to 10 wins last year. That's a bad loss for them at home, and they're a wounded animal coming into Allegiant Stadium. 
Yeah, I, I'd be very careful about overlooking yes. the team with that talent. Yeah, you know, it's just they're going to they're going to hear all week about how they, they how bad they were in that first game, and they're going to come in here pretty focused. So I think the Raiders better be in high alert for a team coming in, giving it its all. And of course, the Raiders have some things to prove themselves. So. Uh, it's yeah. not like they're coming off the high of a win, but yeah, I, I'd be very careful about overlooking Arizona. Thank you, Mark. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Always appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, JT. Appreciate you. Mark Anderson, Las Vegas Review Journal. Everybody and all their colleagues here been going through a lot over there. We're thinking of them with a heavy heart. So these are two playoff teams from last year, Arizona and the Raiders, both 0-1 and playing each other coming up here. And there are other teams in the same scenario. 0-1, don't go to 0-2, win your game, get everything back on track. Someone's walking out of Allegiant Stadium 0-2. It better not be the home team. Raiders are a good team, very good team with a good roster. But the injuries, the amount of injuries that they suffered there, which could be some nagging injuries and some injuries that could really hold some guys back for a week or two, is a very important week to see the injury report. There was no one on the injury report other than Divine Diablo going into that game. Matter of fact, last week the injury report was pretty clean. I talked about that exclusively with Josh McDaniels when we did our interview this past week. Now i got to sit down with Josh McDaniels Thursday for our weekly chat, coming off a loss with some players who are banged up. The injury report's going to be very important this week. Hopefully the Raiders heal quickly and can get some of these guys back. Let's get out to uh, Tim in California. Tim, thanks for waiting and listening on the Raiders mobile app. Go ahead. Hey, JT, thanks for taking my call. A um, couple things, you know, we, we talked about that offensive line. Mm-hmm. I just think the two narratives of, uh, you know, all those sacks were on the offensive line as well as the lack of the run game. Uh, obviously, you know, we're playing behind two scores, so you're mm-hmm. not going to run. But as soon as we were close, they didn't, they didn't run. Um, you know, you got 13 attempts, 10 of those from Josh Jacobs, averaging 5.7 yards a carry. Uh, I just didn't see why they didn't stick to the run game when they got close. To I mean, they had four minutes left, yeah. and they just completely abandoned the run. I didn't like that decision. Uh, the other thing is, if you watch Carr's presence on some of those sacks, those were covered sacks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I put that on Carr, but I also put that on McDaniel's play calling. So, it's not all the offensive line. It's not as bad as they make it seem. Just wanted to throw that out there, JT. Thanks for making my call. Yeah, yeah. you know, coverage sacks are important. No guy's not getting open. You got Derwin James back there. Remember, the Chargers didn't have J.C. Jackson, the best corner in the league, the best turnover. They call him Mr. Interception. And Keenan Allen got hurt in that game. As I said, if you missed the beginning of the show, I really believed that when Keenan Allen went out of that game with a hamstring that the Raiders had a great advantage in that game. And Justin Herbert struggled after that. You didn't have him there. Mike Williams is not the player that he used to be. Austin Eckler was okay. He wasn't elite in that game. The Raiders did a decent job on him. It was just that Derek and the three interceptions, you know, if they score one of those touchdowns instead of three interceptions, so you take back one and they score a touchdown, we're talking about the Raiders winning. And Justin Herbert didn't throw an interception. And Khalil Mack had three sacks. And the Raiders didn't have one. They got buried in the turnover ratio, got buried in that. And Justin Herbert won that battle. Derek had years of battles with Phillip Rivers, win some, lose some. And now I believe he's 2-2 two and two against Justin Herbert. Well, Justin Herbert and Carr every year are going to play each other twice and maybe an extra one in the playoffs from time to time. And Derek's got to be at his best because Herbert, even Herbert not at his best, is good enough to win. There are guys like that. You just tip your cap to him. And the same with Mahomes. 
Same exact thing with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes can have a below average game and still win. That concerns me. A 702-365-9200. Kenny right here in Vegas on 920 AM. Hello, Kenny. Hey, JT. Thanks for taking my call. Really appreciate it. You know, like some of your callers were saying earlier, you know, about the running game at the beginning of the game and then not calling any screen passes when they were putting all that pressure on our quarterback and all the two or three plays, they were blitzing all the time. I I couldn't understand. It was like watching Gruden's team. You know what I mean? It didn't make any sense. Well, I thought we'd see some more screens, and I know we're going to see a lot of screens this year. I I really do. I think that's been the only way to protect this offensive line. But remember, again, you're leaving people in. You want a screen pass, but you also have a tight end in chipping. And a lot of times that, that running back who stays in, unless you have a fullback, is there to block and chip. So you're throwing the screen to who? To the running back who's supposed to be there to chip. Once no, he doesn't you. chip and he runs a pattern, everybody knows that he's not staying in to block, and someone's going to go cover him. It's a very complex way, as Josh McDaniels explains it. When you run a screen, you got to run that play perfectly. The other team can't know what's coming. you got to execute the snap count. you got to disguise it, and then execute it from a quarterback to a running back catching that ball. That is not easy to do, and I know the Raiders make it a priority. They want to get much better at that portion of the game. Sure, sure. And having said that, you know, even at the, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, as poorly as, you know, Carr and uh, the, play, the teams was playing, our defense was giving back the ball. It was like the old days yeah. when Kenny Stabler would say, hey, give me back the ball, I'll win the game. My son Nick and I were watching, we're like, we can still win this game. As bad sure. as we play, we could still win it. And I, I felt like we still could, you know? I agree with you. Thanks for the call. We were actually sitting with someone at the M Resort who, when Carr threw his last interception, someone said, get me the bill. I said, what? What do you mean? He goes, get me the check. I'm out of here. I go, they get another stop. They're going to get the ball back with an opportunity to win the game. And a friend of ours who will shall rename nameless because I know he listens every day, uh, didn't ask for the bill. I put pressure on him to say, no, no, we've been here all day. We're eating good food. We're having a good time. You're not leaving. Not leaving because you think the game's over and the Raiders got the ball back with an opportunity to win the game. I feel bad for Derek, but Derek gets paid a lot of money, a lot of money to make plays like that, and he didn't. So it's one of the poorer games that he's played in a while, and he still can put up numbers here. Derek has to be close to great in games against better opponents. The Chargers are either equal or a little bit better with the roster. Arizona, I don't know. You know, the Arizona team two years ago, I think, was better than the Raiders. Arizona team last year, probably even with the Raiders. I think the Arizona team this year, the Raiders are a little bit better than them. And the Raiders are playing at home. So they have to have a good emotional game. The fans got to be loud. There's not going to be a lot of Arizona Cardinal fans because there aren't many to begin with. This isn't going to be like Chicago fans coming into town or Philly fans or Niner fans later in the year or Patriot fans. This is a pure home game for the Raiders Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Get out to the tailgate, wear black, and get ready to go. Raiders need you big in this one. This is an important game for the season ticket holders who are going to the game. You want to see a victory, and this is one I have circled for a victory. I didn't have the Charger game circled. I wanted the Raiders to win. I love when the Raiders win, but I didn't have it circled like that was a lock. This is a game I got I got circled. Arizona has got to come in here, and the Raiders have got to take their will away in the first quarter because Arizona was so embarrassed and humiliated against Kansas City. They got some proud players on that team. They're going to want to come back and prove it. When we come back, some of the other teams that are in a tough spot 
0-1 with a better opponent coming in. I'll give you that list coming up as we continue. And thanks to the 872 laborers and Tommy White, who I sat with at Motley Crue, Death Leopard, and Poison, Joan Jett. That was fun. And here goes the final countdown as Marshall's Thundering Herd runs to midfield at Notre Dame Stadium. It's a finals. Marshall 26, number 8, Notre Dame 21. Can you believe that? Notre Dame 0-2. Georgia Southern beats Nebraska. Scott Frost gets fired. An old friend of mine might get a big job offer there. Wink, wink. Get ready for that. Stay tuned. In college football, has been up and down. Alabama beat Texas by one. That game was wild in Austin. So a lot of upsets. Texas A&M loses, really? Texas A&M? They have the biggest game of the year against Alabama. Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban have bad blood. And Texas A&M loses. So Florida wins a big game, then loses a game. So again, in college football, it's simple. You get one loss. That's it. One. I don't care who you are. You get one loss. You lose two. You should not be able to survive. Only the teams that could survive a second loss would be like Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship game. That's it. If Alabama lost one game in the regular season and then lost to Georgia by a field goal, they could be in the Final Four. But no one else can be. You know, Michigan won't be able to. Notre Dame, go around. Clemson, you've you got to almost run the table until we take this out to 12. Now, if we had 12 playoff teams, which you're going to have in two years, then you can lose two games and still be the 11th seed or 12th seed and get in and be a pretty big name. But a wild ride here to start the NFL off. Uh, T.J. Watt, here's the big story. The biggest injury is Dak Prescott. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. He had thumb surgery today. T.J. Watt, I was watching that game live. It looked like he tore his pectoral muscle. If he has surgery, he's out for the year. If he doesn't have surgery, it could be six to eight weeks. And that was interesting because my sons, I got a son in Oklahoma and a son at Arizona State, and they were blowing me up because the Raider game wasn't on in that market because they continued to show overtime. So Raider Mort's calling me and Los Gatos, what's the score of the game? Because that Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game went into overtime right to the end, and the all Raider fans around the country missed the first quarter. We got it in Vegas because this is the local market of the team. But a lot of fans didn't, weren't able to watch that game and didn't see the start of the game and all the passes to Devontae and what happened there. It was a weird game. Weird weird flow to the game. Just a, a game I think the Raiders would love to have back. They'd love to have that game back. But they can't. They're 0-1, and they got to bounce back. Rest of the week, we go heavy on Arizona. Chuck and Henderson. Thanks for waiting. Chuck, go ahead. Hey, what's up, JT? Hey, Chuck. Hey, man. This uh, conversation we're having sounds like uh, last year. Sounds like the year before. Sounds like the year before that. <laughs> Old man, Raiders stink. What are you talking about, Chuck? They, Chuck, they won their first two games two years ago. They beat Drew Brees in the home opener, and last year they beat Lamar well, Jackson in the home opener. What are you talking about? If you're not, not going to win a Super Bowl, you're nothing, brother. It's Goodbye, Chuck. You, Chuck, you're an idiot. You, you're just calling in. You're an idiot. Uh, they lost their first game. Last year they made the playoffs in 10 wins, and I never heard Chuck the idiot from Henderson call in and congratulate the Raiders when they made the playoffs. Be consistent. Call in and rip the team every day if you want to. Don't run and hide and call in after an opening loss on the road by less than a touchdown. Yes, the Raiders will win Super Bowls. That's the goal here. 
There's no moral victories here, but don't run and hide and don't show up when you want to and try to be a prank caller saying that the Raiders suck. We fish you out easy with that one. But call back again or, you know, all the Twitter tough guys and all the prank callers, come to my remote on Friday. I'd love to meet you in person. Come to the remote. I'll be live and in public there at Cafe Americano, noon to two. And we'll put you on the radio again, Chuck. Let's get out to Mitch in Jersey. Mitch, wrap it up. How are you, Mitch? Good. How you doing, JT? Uh, you know, it should have been two ties in my book. But next week, uh, this week's game against Arizona, I mean, he was running. We had him running. I didn't want to win this game. And I want our running game to show up. We can do better. Mm-hmm. We have good running backs. I, I don't think White would have made a difference. I want to see you as White get in the game. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see some running. I'd like to see the running game. Appreciate the call. If you're going to carry six running backs, a fullback, and all those backs, uh, the, the goal is to have these legs fresh so you can run one or two of them who, had, who didn't get a lot of touches the game before. You got fresh legs, and you can pound the ball in the next game. And I think the Raiders are going to clean it up and play a much better game against Arizona. And their old friend Trayvon Mullen, J.J. Watt didn't play week one. There's no... There's no Hopkins playing for the first six games. But Kyler Murray's an X-factor. Max Crosby and Chandler Jones got to get him on the ground. Because if he takes off and the pocket breaks down, he could run for 30, 40 yards all day long. And the Raiders can't allow that to happen. Thanks for calling in on the aftermath as the Raiders are 0-1. Now we'll move on to Arizona and have a big week of interviews and breakdowns and your calls. Have a great day, everybody. Q's on deck. He'll have a great show today. Thanks for listening. Catch you back here tomorrow.